This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. The last thing formally I want to look at, a bondage of the will, as a sort of capstone, um, is what Luther says about it's the comfort of the doctrine, because um, that's something we don't want to lose from sight, both in terms of how we think about it for ourselves and when you have those odd times where you have the opportunity to explain it to another person. You can't forget that this is supposed to be the ultimate point, um, not that um, we are just bound and God causes everything and something is left up to, to fate or chance, um, but that this is the doctrine that you know, gives us more assurance and certainty of the hope we have in Christ. Um, and I think this is a, a really interesting statement of Luther in, on pages 313 and 314. Um, <clears throat> elsewhere in um, the work, he says, you know, sometimes this doctrine is just troubling, and sometimes he wishes it were not necessarily <laughs> the case. But here at the end, he confesses. He just says, I confess for myself, even if it could be, I should not want free will to be given me, nor anything to be left in my own hands to enable me to an endeavor after salvation. Not merely because in face of so many dangers and adversities and assaults of devils, I could not stand my ground and hold fast uh, my free will. For one devil is stronger than all men, and on these terms no man could be saved. But because even were there no dangers, adversities, or devils, I should still be forced to labor with no guarantee of success and to beat my fists at the air. If I lived and worked all eternity, my conscience would never reach comfortable certainty as to how much it must do to satisfy God. Um, Page number again. 313 and, and 314. Okay. Yep. Um, and on 14 says, But now that God has taken my salvation out of the control of my own will and put it under the control of His and promised to save me, not according to my working or running, but according to His own grace and mercy, I have the comfortable certainty that He is faithful and will not lie to me, that He is also great and powerful so that no devils or opposition can break or pluck me from Him. From him. No one, he says, shall pluck them out of my hand, because my Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. Thus it is that, if not all, yet some, indeed many, are saved, whereas by the power of free will, none at all could be saved, but every one of us would perish. God is the dog. <laughs> God is the dog. Luther against Luther. Luther be Luther. Battle royale. Yeah, and I feel like that, that was a particularly necessary to thing to bring up here because we've kept coming back to this question of whether we have assurance in this in the way that Luther has been developing things where everything seems to be pointing to assurance but we have these statements that seem to go the other way and while I will continue to say that I think both statements have to exist um, the one always seems to override the other that God and Jesus Christ is there for you and that no one will pluck you out of his hand, which does strangely play into the imagery of 
yeah. the dog and the meat. Mm -hmm. so, You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for pulling that out. Um, <clears throat> I heard somebody say once that you can jump out of his hand, though. <laughs> right. He's uh, omnipotent, but you're, you're pretty powerful. <laughs> he holds you with an open hand. That's what he holds you with an open hand. Like this. There's no assurance in that. Yeah, no. That's, that's like sort of, that's on the level of saying... Um, it's impossible to get to the kingdom of heaven just like a camel going through the eye of a needle. Oh, but did you know that there was actually this thing called the eye of a needle? You know, like, the knees, yeah. Through yeah. That's that kind of hand waving. Um, are there any sort of unresolved issues or questions? Unresolved? <laughs> 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 That's a big question. Yeah, though, yeah. But, <laughs> but particularly with relationship to the bondage of the will. Um, I don't want to rush off from it. Um, if there's something in particular that you would like to talk about. Yeah. Um, page 179. Uh, <clears throat> Just because, again, I'm always interested in the dialogue of Reformed theology with Luther. Mm -hmm. this, this is at least third use language. 179, XIV. Yep. The purpose of the precepts under the New Testament is to guide the justified. Mm -hmm. that's, that's third use. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the next page in the paragraph, the New Testament, properly speaking, consists of promises and exhortations, just as the Old, properly speaking, consists of laws and threats. And then halfway down, it says, exhortations follows after this, and they are intended to stir up those who have obtained mercy and have been justified already to be energetic in bringing forth the fruits of the Spirit and of the righteousness given them, to exercise themselves in love and good works and to boldly bear the cross and all other tribulations of this world. I mean, uh, Stir up is pretty strong language. Mm. It presses beyond guide or point. Um, mm. It like it has. It, I don't know. Where are you? Is that where's stir up? Middle middle page one eighty. Exhortations follows after this. Because he's talking about how the New Testament. I mean, you read the uh, you read the epistles, mm -hmm. Paul goes the gospel, and then he starts, and that's always the reformed argument for why third use, right, is because exhortations follow explication of the gospel in right. Ephesians, in Romans, and Luther seems to agree and concur with this, um, notwithstanding all the other things that Luther said, but he says this too. Yeah. What, how does this work? How, do, how does the Lutheran school of thought think of this in the third use doesn't exist debate? And then, can I just tag on that? Mm -hmm. Did Luther ever, did he define when he started, well, in antinomian disputations he does, but like, when does a debate happen between the third use and not the third use? When does it, that ever actually happen? Like formally, mm -hmm. it doesn't happen at Marburg. No, it happens after Luther, um, primarily in relationship to the formula of Concord. Okay. Um, you know, sort of getting closer to 60s, 70s, 80s. Okay. Um, Much later. Yeah, and there the confessional teaching does end up arguing for a kind of third use, 
Um, but it's the same sorts of things we'll get in the antinomian disputations where it's not, it's not this thing where you are just a new man who can turn completely in, um, be part of the law, but it's always balanced by the symbol and saying, insofar as you are as a Christian, that opens you up to delight in the law, but you are also always the sinner who, whom the law is condemning. Yeah. Um, right. There is kind of flamethrower language, though. Stir up, energetic, boldly. It is saying sure. of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. So it's saying it kind of stirs up the Holy Spirit within you uh -huh. to exercise good works, you know? Not you. There's no difference. Yeah, not you. The Spirit. You know, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a, you know, I, I have all of that stuff <laughs> underlined, which you just read, but yeah. I, I'm reminded of what we read earlier on page 229 and what the pastor is doing. <laughs> Um, he sa it's at the top, he says, When faith has come to men, he exhorts them to persevere lest they be cut off. But exhortation establishes only what we ought to do not and not what we can do. Sure. Um, and there's got to be a sort of tension there between there those two things. But I think nobody who holds to the 30s properly would disagree with that. No, no, no. Because I mean, like, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not. I'm, I'm almost, and I think there is ought to be great care and tact around the idea and the concept of it. But I'm like, yeah, of course. Wait, no, people would disagree with that, wouldn't they? That third use, then the ought matches the ability. No, I don't think so. Well, at least not, not at least not me. Because the whole idea is it's the regenerate. It's another regenerate. It's not to say they have free will. They still hide there. You know, it's not us. Christ in me. But now, in the regenerate. Christian, the law can evoke it or something. Uh, the Christian now hears with new ears the law. So I would argue if I believed in it, hears the ears with the new law and with a new heart, spontaneously with great scrupulosity, is able to scrupulosity to <laughs> do the very thing which is required. Mm. Yeah, you know, I've always, I've always been taught that third use is simply guy. It still has no power in it. There's no power. It's just over there, right there. That's what it looks like. Oh, okay. Here's a. Uh, here's that, a. Yeah. Um, I would think it'd be different, and it'd be fair. I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one who talks about third users, right? Uh, I mean, most Lutherans today are third would believe in yeah. third use because it's in the formula concord. I mean, it's in. We're the, sort of we're sort of bound to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it's the bondage of the minority use. report. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the the bondage of the Paul formula. Um, I mean, one way to think about what he's getting at here is just to say that this is, when you're exhorted to good works in this way in the Spirit, it's not doing anything other than giving form to the freedom you have in Christ such that you will be properly directed toward the neighbor, um, such that that good work is always moving you outside of yourself. Um, giving form to the freedom you have in Christ. I mean, that's, that that's how... In the gospel, that as heat follows fire, so good works follow faith. Mm. But when this, the peccator within the symbol then sees what the left hand is doing, well, there enters sin once again where the law is. There increases the trespass. Yeah. Caught in this spiral of, you know, the thing I don't want to do, I do. The thing I can't do, I, or the thing I don't want to do, I keep doing. Yeah. I can't not, not sin. What do I do? My dear Melanchthon, believe in Jesus all the more, sin boldly. Hmm. I guess the pastoral word out. Yeah. I think so. that's the way I've kind of tied it up in my own little neat matrix. 
And I think one of the following fire is a good metaphor that you use. Yeah. I think one of the linchpins of sort of argument for a kind of a third use of the law is just saying once we have received the Holy Spirit um, and you will in some way seek to obey God like that's like there's going to be something in you which will be moving you in that direction how do we know what to do we say to point someone anywhere else than the law is a form of idolatry <laughs> because it's saying that we can find better works and better things to do and better ways to live than what God has revealed for us in the law. Because the subject of that sentence was we. Mm-hmm. When the old Adam, old Adam always wants to pull either the first person in singular or plural yeah. Yeah. to the front of the sentence. Yeah. I'm not arguing with theology. I'm just asking what Luther yeah. means here versus what I hear Lutherans talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. And Lutherans who are strong, strong third use of the law, which I don't think, I think every time I meet someone who's sort of a Lutheran, a Lutheran who's sort of rah-rah third use of the law, it, it worries me because the, the drift of our theology is not towards it, but it's there. Um, yeah, so it's easy to remove the third use of the law from Luther's understanding of the shape of Christian life as one of repentance. Um, That the whole life is about always confessing your sin and trusting in God. Um, And that within that movement of daily drowning and being raised to new life, you can look to the law to try to see what am I to do today for the neighbor. Um, But there's not much you, you can't put your hope in that. <laughs> yeah. You can't trust in the third use of the law. Um, you can trust that God and the Holy Spirit is working in you to kill sin and to move you in ways um, that won't always even be visible to yourself yeah. and can be just the smallest mm-hmm. movements. Um, but it's kind, of, it's kind of one of those things that people often use the, the analogy of an addict or something like that, like when the intervention happens and the, and the breakdown happens, you want to give people a way out, you know, a new way of life. And that's not to say there won't be failures because we never stop being addicts. <laughs> but you want to present, um, I hate to use this language, but present a vision for what um, a life that trust in God and seeks to live for the neighbor looks like. So I don't know if that clarifies any of these wrinkles, but I'm probably speaking both from Luther and from the Lutherans, and that might just be exacerbating the problem. It's not a problem. It's more of a, an observation about how the discourse seems so yeah. polarized right. when if we actually mm-hmm. read original guys, the, the reformational insights about all this stuff are, I think, very similar. Yeah. Well, and I, I think people as diverse as Oswald Bayer to David Yego to Mark Mattis, like people on very different sides of the spectrum, in a sense, they're all happy to affirm a kind of third use of the law because it's, 
you do damage to scripture. Sure. <laughs> if I you get rid of it. And he's 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 the guy who wrote the book, I, you know, just on justification, like like he's but he's always allied. Very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Were you? I was. I was like, no, wait. Yeah. My grid just got broken. But there, to, I think to repeat, there just is that distinction between those who know it's there and hope for some good working of God in your life, and those who make it the thing um, and, and, and start to locate some sort of trust yeah. in the third use of the law. Yeah, that was my question the other day. Is that I feel like so many put their assurance in their working out of the third use, call it fruit or growth that's right. That's right. progress. That's where they find, you know, you say, how do you know you're a Christian? Yeah. That's a helpful word. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. It's bad. Because if, if, yeah, if you turn your assurance to looking at the fruit rather than just looking at Christ, I mean, that's where the third use of the law can help to turn people again into makers of idols. But and is it a law that is it a law that's working that, or is it the sinful heart that's doing that? Oh, it's I mean, it's the sinful heart, but it's the law. I think it would say the law. It's, it's the law working on the sinful heart. Sin through the law. That's right. Sin sprang to life. The catalyst. Yeah, because the background I come from, you know, people would say things like, well, I don't see any fruit in their life. Mm. Yeah. Which really means I don't see the fruit I want to see. Yep. Right? Yeah. Like, whatever it could mean that they drink too much or they cuss or whatever. Yeah. So then, then we become, you know, to use a cliche, like fruit inspectors. <laughs> Yeah. And then we do like what Paul Tripp says is to cover that little fruit staple. We, like try to put fruit on our tree to make it look good. <laughs> That's it's awesome. It's a beautiful analogy. <laughs> like we're a bad tree, but we'll staple good fruit on it. So we look like a good tree. And right. we fool ourselves and everyone around us, but not God. Right. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one week or semester length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.